is changed. The atmosphere is changing. And so is God moving to the next level of blessing. If we have not learned to enter into his presence at this point, we need to diligently seek his face because this is the time of completed blessings. Even as we celebrate our Harvest Sunday, it means that God has been faithful and has abundantly blessed us. And we're honored this morning that we have the opportunity prove him by sowing back what he's given to us. And it's the same when we sow our praise and our worship toward him, that he wants to abundantly bless us more than we could think or ask. So this is the season, this is the time If you need it, this is where you get it. If you look for it, it's coming. If you believed it, you will receive it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, we thank you because you are always faithful. You're the same God who said that you hear and answer our prayers. We thank you because you're the God who said that you would not withhold anything from us if we walk according to your word. We thank you because you are the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You are the God that holds healing in your hands. You are the God that has already seen what we need and made provisions. And God, we thank you that your word declares that you're always faithful and you're always present. So God, we know that whatever we desire today, it's ours. We claim it now and we thank you for it. We thank you for the fullness of who you are because in you is life and being and we thank you for it. Now God, we ask that your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done in your people and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name, amen. And why don't you make some noise this morning? Let him know, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I think the old songwriter used to say, what a privilege it is. <laughs> we have that privilege to carry everything to God. Hallelujah. That's a privilege. You have your Bibles this morning. Now, I, I, I always like to tell you that this is an important message. <laughs> but this is an important message. <laughs> and the reason that it's so important it's where we've come from up to this point. Now in Ephesians chapter four, 
Notice that we have talked to you. We told you, stop lying. Stop being mad. Hmm? Stop stealing. Stop cussing. Now, if you want to put those in simpler terms, the Bible says, this is about morality. Stop lying. It's about our moods. Don't be angry. It's about our money. Stop stealing. And it's about your mouth. Stop guessing. <laughs> but today, I want to talk to you about something else. And this is the culmination of these other things. I want to talk to you about your manners. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Now, I will tell you that I'm only going to do one verse a day. That's verse 30. I'll come to 31 and 32 next week. But I need to spend some time on verse 30. Is that all right with you all? Amen. Amen. So keep this thought as you take your seat. Stop grieving the spirit. Stop grieving the spirit. Stop grieving the spirit. Now, such sins as we just described to you have a tendency to grieve the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is grieved, he won't hang around you. Uh, let me tell you something. Grieving the Holy Spirit is like when you grieve a friend. If you, if you do something to me that hurts me, then I don't want to be around you. Amen. Doesn't mean I don't like you, I don't care, but I don't want you being, y'all understand? I don't want you around me. Amen. You can do the same thing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that we understand is that along with our conscience, the Holy Spirit helps us to guard our speech. Now, the one thing that I want you to understand, and I'll show you this later in the message, is that the Holy Spirit is the one that is in charge or, or, or that uh, uh, oversees the speaking gifts. That's praise. That's worship. That's prophecy. That's prayer. All the things that come out of your mouth. So when the Bible talks about the, the, the stop line and, and, and getting your speech right, he's also saying that the Holy Spirit is the one who has the authority over those gifts. Now, one of the other things that grieves the Holy Spirit is the poor treatment of uh, God's people. When you don't treat God's people right, you restrict what the Holy Spirit can do through you. I know we don't think much about it, but that's the way it works. The Holy Spirit is the one that thinks about what you need to do to further his cause uh, in the kingdom. And that has to do with whether or not you have forgiveness in your heart or you even understand what it means to, to get away from being 
bitter and angry and mad and saying stuff that that doesn't make any sense. But when you when when you grieve him, you don't give him the opportunity to do what's right towards your brother or sister. So once more, the Bible says uh, the Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit does grieve. Okay. Now, uh, and this is so important that when he uses the word, and uh, the word is lupio or lapiti, and the Bible means, it means to afflict with sorrow, to make sad or sorrowful. The common meaning is this, is to treat others so as to grieve them. Look at, uh, uh, if he's, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, 63 and verse 10. The Bible says, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. Now, the King James says he, he rebelled and vexed his Holy, and they vexed his Holy Spirit. Now, that means that when you vex someone, you violate their love. What? And you disregard their voice or their opinions. And how often do we do that in church? Well, we just, what they used to say, diss somebody. That seems to be a common thing. See, the Holy, Holy Spirit's job is to bring us to a revelation of God. And if we're separated from God, we can't bring that revelation. Are we understanding this? In other words, you can't be who God's called you to be if you're hindering me from being what I'm called to be. Amen. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit again? The Bible says by disobeying the word and then choosing to live an unrighteous life. See, some people decide what they want to do for God, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. You don't have that authority because that authority is given to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Bible already tells you in Ephesians 1, and I'm going to get there in a little bit, but he talks that, that you are predestined. So how is it you making all these decisions? I, I'm just wondering. Amen. So the Bible says uh, when we live an unrighteous life, we displease or grieve the Holy Spirit when we, and please write this one down, when we know what to do, but do the opposite. Yeah, I know, but. James chapter 4, verse 17 says it very clearly. Here's what he says. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And so often that sin of omission when we just don't do what we know is right to do. Amen. That's an issue when people say, uh, I don't have to go to church. Where can you find that in anybody's Bible? You don't have to go to church. Sure you do. You're a Christian. Church is your air. That's how you breathe. So you choose not to breathe. Eventually you will die. Amen. So, if I'm not going there because this ain't what the message is about. Let me move on. Acts chapter seven, verse 51. The Bible says you stiff neck and uncircumcised in the heart. 
you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Now, in Acts chapter 7, when he's talking about folks who resist or grieve the Holy Spirit, then I want you to notice in that same passage there, let me get to it, in Acts chapter 53, here's what he says, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. So you know, but you won't do. And the Bible says that these inconsistencies in saints grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't be up today and down tomorrow. I don't understand why saints go through all these vacillations because if you are saved, if you are Holy Ghost filled, if you know that you're blessed, if you know that you're healed and delivered, that you've been set free from the bondage of sin, what do you have to be upset about? So why do you have a down day? Well, pastor, I just don't feel good today. My body ain't, well, your body is not going to heaven. I can't, I, I'm sorry, I, I probably shouldn't, shouldn't have just jumped into that, but the body is not what you need to be concerned about. There are gonna be days when it won't feel well. So what? Oh, my Lord, my Lord. The Holy Spirit controls and, God, and guides our speech. So when we praise or we prophesy or we speak in tongues, we, we, we know that if we are not led by the Spirit, what we do is going to be improper. And so often, that's why you find people out of order in church. Because they're being led by their minds, not the Holy Spirit. Y'all still with me? Amen. So the Bible says the sins against believers are also an offense against the divine spirit which inhabits the body of believers or the church. So when you sin against the, the body or the Holy Spirit, then you, you sin against your brother and sister at the same time. You're grieving the Holy Spirit because he can't do what he wants to do. Amen. It's like you trying to offer someone a gift and they do everything they can to refuse it. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? Let me tell you about some folk I know, okay? And some of y'all looking at me. <laughs> because you try to offer them stuff. Oh, I don't need that, Pastor. Oh, I already got two of them. Somebody else already gave me one. Y'all ain't never heard of it? Am I the only person that's ever happened to? I didn't think so. I think that that's a prevalent thing in church is that we don't see that we're the mechanism for other people's blessings because we already got that. Uh, okay, can I go on? So Paul explains this. He says that uh, we've already been given a new life. That's what the, the beginning of Ephesians says, that we have a new life. We, we are born again. We have a new man. But the Bible says that, that even though we have this new life, we continue to battle in our sinful nature. So there's a dual thing going on. I'm fighting for my life while I'm trying to live my life every day. You, every person on planet Earth who names the name of Jesus is still fighting to stay saved. 
You can't take a day off. You can't relax. You can't come to the place where you say, well, I'm saved. I can do what I want. I, no, every day is a new fight. That's why we enlisted in the army of God. We don't retire. We can't leave and we can't quit. And I'm not going to talk about quitting today because I know some of y'all still got a little heartburn about Tuesday. But that's okay. I'll be back next Tuesday. So, so if you think you got away, <laughs> so you refuse <laughs> to do what God has called you to do. And, and that's why you give in to all of these things we listed, the lying, the stealing, the anger, the uh, inability to control you. And that's what we're talking about, self-control, which I remind you is one of the fruit. And we're talking about the indwelling Holy Spirit who has authority over us. Now, I tell you, and I tell you very boldly, if you can't control you, shut up. You can't control anybody else. I stop trying to tell people what to do or, or what you think or what you feel when you're out of control. The first person you need to get in check Oh, Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says this, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Is that what it says in your Bible? So the difference between grieving and stifling is this. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you do things which will not allow him to work. When you stifle the Holy Spirit, you restrain him because of your beliefs. So what I'm saying is, is that in a lot of churches, we become so legalistic that we don't allow certain gifts to flow in church. The reason they don't flow is because people don't know how to flow in them. The, the worst problem in any church is immature believers trying to exercise gifts. Because you send the wrong message to the body. Are y'all following me? When you get to the place that you think that, that you need to speak out and, 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 and uh, give a word in tongues and don't nobody know what you're talking about. You just as out of order as two left shoes Amen. on a one-legged man that's only got one leg. <laughs> so, so, so the Bible says that immature gifts cause divisions. They cause divisions in church rather than solving problems. So here's what we do. We throw out the baby with the, the, the dirty bathwater. We decide, well, we ain't going to let nobody have any gifts because people don't know how they behave. But you see, the point is that at some time, some, at some stage in our development, we're going to have to be bold enough to tell you that's out of order. Amen. Amen. Well, pastor, if you do that, they're going to leave. If they stay here, five or ten people are going to leave. Now, see, <laughs> this is where they say I need to stop the tape, but I can't. <laughs> Let me get myself together. See, now, this is what you call stifling the Holy Spirit, because I want to tell you all some stuff, but I can't. 
Now, let me tell you something. When we are not allowing the Holy Spirit free course, then the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, he says this, at, uh, uh, I think it's verse 8. Here's what he said, that if the trumpet does not give a clear sound, then what will the people do? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? And see, sometimes you can't give mixed messages and you can't give messages out of your own spirit. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. If you just, just give out a word because it felt like that's what the Lord wanted you to say, you're going to be out of order. Amen. Prophecies don't consist of cars and houses. So the Bible says this, worship that ignores the Bible is not spiritual. There may be emotion, even commotion. But unless there is devotion, then the Holy Spirit's not in it. See, you don't, we don't play church. See, the one thing I can say about this ministry, and I can tell you with impunity, that we have pure worship. When these people come forth and they bring the spirit in this place, you know the Holy Spirit is present. You feel it. You see it. There are miracles taking place. This is pure worship. And the purpose of worship is to invoke the presence of God in this place. So, praise team, kudos. Amen. Amen. Don't get weary in well-doing. So, I want to remind you of two things. Here's what the Holy Spirit says. When Paul gets to tell us about what we need to do, he says that we have both a responsibility, one, and a privilege. Responsibility and a privilege. A responsibility and a privilege. So he goes on to tell us this. He says that we have a responsibility not to disappoint the spirit by the way we live. You have a responsibility to live right. <laughs> I said you have a responsibility to live a righteous life. Amen. But then he says, you have a privilege also. And what's the privilege? The privilege is that if you live that righteous life, you have a promised future. Huh? So the Bible says, and that brings us to the second part. We're talking now uh, about being sealed. Now, notice that, that the text says in verse 30, he says, don't grieve. And then he says, by whom you were sealed. So let's talk about this part, second part, being sealed. Because I think a lot of times we are confused by understanding what it means to be sealed by the Spirit. Now, this is one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. What are you saying, Pastor? The Holy Spirit is responsible for making sure that you get from point A to point B. What is that? From salvation to salvation. To salvation to glorification. So somewhere in between there, I move from salvation to uh, sanctification 
to glorification. But my, my, my responsibility as a possessor of the Holy Spirit is to move from salvation to sanctification to glorification, which is eternal salvation. Are y'all following me? So I go from salvation to salvation. Are y'all still with me? So when the Bible says that we'll seal, that means that, well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse uh, 13. It says, in him, talking about Jesus, you also trusted after, after you heard the word of truth. Now, watch the progression here. For every believer, you need to understand this process. He says you trusted after you heard the word of truth. This is and it said, the gospel of your salvation, in whom having believed, what did you believe? What you heard, which was the word, you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That doesn't even need my explanation, does it? Amen. And look at this. The Bible says in verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? The what? The guarantee t of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So what is he saying? He's saying that we have been given the Holy Spirit as a seal on us so that the thing that Christ has deposited in us, we will have until he returns. So when we talk about the, the question as to whether we can live holy or not, if we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit, we have no choice but to live. Oh. Now, notice in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Come on, this is good now, I'm telling you. Romans chapter 8. I told you this is an important message now. I keep <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Paul relates the inner witness of the Spirit to the believer's sonship. What would he say in verse 14, Romans 8? For as many as are led by the what? Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I've been sealed with the Spirit, so now I'm a child of God. He says in verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So I'm not worried about making a mistake. I'm not concerned whether I can live holy. You still with me? He goes on to say this. He says, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So I have been not only sealed with this thing. I know I'm his child and he's my daddy. Amen. Are we still here? Look at verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When you get to the place where the spirit of God can communicate with the spirit of the man, then you will find that God will be able to reveal himself to you in ways that are unimaginable. That's why he can lead you into all his truth, which means that everything he's ever said to you, you will recall it 100 percent. Are you still with me? Come on, it's about to get gooder. Huh? Come on now, that's a good place to quit, but I can't stop now. So the Bible says this now, and you got to go with me to this, uh, 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 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm telling you, this is so good. 
that, uh, uh, no, you can't slap your mama, no. Uh, <laughs> but it's almost that good. <laughs> mama may hit back. <laughs> Second Corinthians, are y'all still with me here? <laughs> Second Corinthians 1, and uh, let's, I, I, I gave them verse 21 in my notes, but let's start at verse 18. <clears throat> it says, but as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. Notice this, not yes. Huh? Look what he says in 19. It says, for the son of God, Jesus Christ. Is there any doubt who we're talking about here? Let me read it again. The son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus. Now, that, that's the Latin for Silas. You know, Paul and Silas. OK. All right. <clears throat> and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Now, for everybody who says that sometimes God says no, that ain't true. He always says yes when you're ready. Hmm? If you tell, listen, listen, if you tell a, a, a two-year-old child that you're going to buy him a car, You may buy the car, but they can't drive it legally until they're 16. So that means for 14 years, it's yes. But in the child's mind, it's been no for 14 years. But if God says yes, then yes, it is. Watch this, verse 20. For all the promises of God. How many? In him are yes, and in him, amen. Yes, so be it. Yes, so be it. Are you still with me? I told you it's going to get gooder. It's getting better right now. Look at this in verse 22. Who also has sealed us and given us his spirit. How, what has he done? He sealed us. Oh, I skipped the verse, didn't I? I, I can't tip that verse. See, I'm, I'm already reading it in my head. Verse 21, he says, now he who establishes us, establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. It's important that you are established. Huh? You established. In other words, I know that I'm saved and I'm sealed with his word. I know that I'm eternally saved. So he has established me as a child of God. Number two, the Bible says that he has anointed me. I'm anointed because I need to be anointed by God to do what he has called me to do, which is to stay saved. Amen. And then look at this. And the Bible says after he has anointed us, it, the Bible says that, uh, he also has sealed us, sealed us, and given us his spirit. So the Bible says that 
when he sealed us, that means that he has put me in an envelope called Jesus. And therefore, I am in Christ. Y'all ain't getting this. He, he's, he's. So I'm in Christ. Oh, amen. Then he goes on to say this. And he says, and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now, the Bible says in the King James, the earnest. In other words, he says that the Holy Spirit is our down payment on the life to come. Y'all ain't listen. So what's happening when I die or when I am raptured, the Bible says that I I'm going to get my full payment right now. All I've got is a down payment, but the down payment, the Holy Spirit seals me in such a way that I know I'm going to make it in. Y'all come, come on here. So he establishes us. He anoints us. He takes ownership of us and he gives us God's earnest money. The Holy Spirit. Are we still good? So the Bible says in, in, in Ephesians 1.13 again that he says, go back. He says, after we trusted and heard that God seals us. Oh, my God. So God not only puts us in an envelope, seals us for eternity. But watch this. Instead of just putting us in first class mail. He registers us. He registers us so that. The only person who can open us is the one who owns us. So he saved us, sealed us in this envelope, made sure that we're covered so the world can't come in and, and just mess with us any old kind of way. Because I'm covered. I'm in Christ. And because I'm a registered letter, only the owner can get it. Hallelujah. I told you it's going to get good. <laughs> so here's the problem now. Even though we understand the ceiling and we understand the down payment, but sometimes we, we don't understand all the ramifications that go along with this. But the Bible tells us this. What, let me give you this first point. You cannot glorify God and produce deception or practice deception at the same time. Every time we practice deception as a believer, there's a crack in our seal. So the Bible tells us that the job of the devil is to steal kill and destroy. He wants to get that thing open and get you out. And every time you don't live according to these things that we just told you, verses 25 through 29, you are leaving yourself exposed to the devil. The best, the, listen, the best way for you to expose yourself to the devil is how you treat your brother and sister. How am I doing? Oh, okay. All right. Mm, 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 mm. Let me give you just a little more. Just a little more. So the Bible says that 
in Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. Here's what he says. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of grace, which in verse eight, he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Here's what he said. If you have had the opportunity to taste the word of God, that's why he said in verse 13, now what did he say in verse 13? He said that you trusted after you heard. When you tasted the word, he says, you've, you've got this thing. You, you're sealed with it now. There ain't no way you can go back and, 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 and start eating uh, bad food. This is a good time to talk about chicken. No. <laughs> so, so the Bible says, I'm not going there. The Bible. <laughs> I was told that I might have some chicken eater, eaters in my audience. So to be politically correct, I don't want to offend any chicken eaters. <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> so, so let's understand. Let's understand this principle of sealing, because when we get it, like I said, it just makes a difference. The seal, the king used to have a signet ring. And, and, and on that ring was the king's seal. And whenever the king was to seal a, send a communication, they would take hot wax and seal the, 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 the scroll or whatever they were using. And we'll call it an envelope for you guys. But he would put his ring on it. That means that that is an official document that belongs to the king. Amen. So the Bible says that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive that sealed message or that sealed product as a down payment on the rest of our life. The Holy Spirit is that seal. The Bible says that he is the earnest of God, the earnest of God. What does the earnest mean? The word is Arabon in the Greek Arabon, and it means uh, uh, the par a partial payment or a down payment. Now, you know, this is where more people lose money than any other place. They put a down payment and never, ever finish paying. Hmm? See, that's why some of y'all still got some eight track tapes on layaway. Because, because you put something on it, but you stop right there. You go no further than that. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is God's down payment. That's why he said in, in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians that he's a God that says yes to every promise. And he promised that he would seal you till eternity. Therefore, he knows that, that seal can't be broken until he opens it. Are you understanding this? So the Bible says the full amount will be will be paid in full. Uh, the Holy Spirit is just a down payment. God says, when listen, 
when you get back to me, when you come back home, I'm going to make sure that this thing is paid in full. Now, let me tell you a little secret that most people haven't figured out. Even though the Holy Spirit was given as a down payment, he came and acts. The payment was fulfilled in the gospel at the cross. Jesus paid it all, but he just put a down payment on it and didn't tell you he had already paid the rest of it. So it's paid in full. All you have to do is make it till you get to him. It's a done deal. You know, this is the only, listen, the only kind of, of situation where you can put your life on autopilot and know that you're going to reach your destination. I'd love to tell y'all about my car, but I can't. Because that'd be like bragging. I can't, I, can't, I can't tell you about it. But I'll tell you what, it'll drive itself. See, it's good to go back, just, just put it in, sit back. Get a book. No, I can't do it. Y'all, you know what? Y'all must think I'm crazy. I'm so scared. I'm so scared when I'm <laughs> I'm so scared behind the wheel of that car. I'm like. <laughs> but the idea is that we're sealed till the day of redemption. Amen. So the earnest is always a token of the amount guaranteed. Amen. Now, last part. If you don't get this now, well, every, every woman will get it. The men won't get it, but it, I'm teasing. That's a joke. I had to make sure I tell folk when I'm joking. <laughs> the earnest of God is like an engagement ring. The Holy Spirit makes a down payment on his eternal commitment. <clears throat> Here's what, here's what Jesus said. Church, I'm going to marry you. I'm putting a ring on it. Are y'all understanding this? He's a foretaste of what's ahead. The spirit, in effect, is our engagement ring that shows that we belong to Christ until the wedding day. I think Stevie Wonder said it this way. Sign, seal, and deliver. Hallelujah. So let me, I got to bring this to a close. I know y'all want me to give you more. But next week, folks say I'll be right back here like next, next week. Whoever hears and believes the gospel of salvation is sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. When you believe Christ as your savior, God puts you inside of an envelope called Christ. So you are in Christ and you have a guaranteed delivery. He is the owner 
and he's the only one qualified to bring you out. So we can summarize this by saying, if we tear down one another in speech, now somebody said, well, why does he keep talking about speech? Because, listen, this is a process. If our thoughts are impure, then our act or speech will reveal it. Amen. Philippians 1 and 6 says that he who began a good work in you is able to perfect it. So here's what he said. I'm telling you now what you need to do to make sure that you don't do this stuff that you're not supposed to. I'm going to let you stop lying, stop stealing, stop evil speaking. Come on. Stop stealing. Did I get that in there? I might have said that twice. That's that, I don't know. But whatever he says to stop to do, he says, these are the characteristics of the new person. If you remember who the new person is, he says that the person who began this work in you will bring it to completion. In other words, I'm going to open the envelope on Judgment Day. Amen? So here's what he says in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me find it. 1 Peter 1 and 5. I'm going to close with this one. 1 Peter. He says this in verse 5. Who are kept. How, what are we kept? None of us kept. Kept. By the power of God through faith to be revealed at the last time. Amen. He says we're kept by the power. The power of God holds us. It compels us. It motivates us to do what's right. We are kept. He says we are kept. That's important because that means that no matter what else happens, the devil can't take me out of this situation. He says that our faith is God's protection. Amen. Look at this. By the power of God through faith. So he, it is my faith that is like that shield around me. My faith, what I believe, protects me from my unbelief. And then he says this. He says that it is my faith that holds us fast until I am revealed in the presence of Jesus at culmination of salvation. When I am translated, whether it is by rapture or by resurrection, the Bible says this, that I am sealed by his Holy Spirit and kept by my faith until I see him again. That's why when John says it does not appear what I shall be. But when I see him, are you understanding this? So I'm going to close by telling you this. Once you have received the word, you have understood it and you internalize this word. The Bible says I am sealed with a mechanism to walk it. So for all those naysayers that say, I can't live holy. 
You lie. Put away lying. For all the naysayers that say, it don't take all that. Put away your stinginess and your selfishness. You can live holy. For all those people who don't know how to talk to their brother or sister, I'm telling you, you can change your speech. Because the Bible says that I'm sealed for the day of my revelation. The day that I am revealed. Amen. Stand on your feet as you join with me and believing that the new man can stand. The new man can hang in there. Come on. I can make it till my change comes. Huh? Amen. We keep saying, well, pastor, it's hard. So is life. You going to quit? No. You just keep fighting. That's why the Bible says you fight the good fight of faith. If you can believe God, the Bible says for him who believes, all things are possible. What the songwriter say, only believe. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now for all those who are standing with me in agreement with your word that we are sealed for the day of, for the day of redemption. We believe, God, that you have already put us in the envelope of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is our protection to make sure that we arrive safely at our destination. God, we know that like every trip, there can be some bumps in the road, but we're covered by the blood. So we thank you for it. God, we thank you that even now, as we possess this information, once it gets into our spirit, man, we are eternally and forever sealed. In Jesus' name, and all who agree said, Amen, Amen, Amen. All right. This is Harvest Sunday.